0: live shows studio sessions music moves the soul welcome to tk's a brigade the music series i am your host tk and i have a guest with me today who wears a lot of hats he does a lot of things in music and so i'm excited to share his journey with you today so we're going to give him a call his name is alan so give me a second and i'm going to get him on the phone this is alan alan what's up man tk bro how are you i'm
1: doing good
0: tk how are you man um other than this uh bothersome toothache man i am doing really well man to be honest no really where where in your mouth oh it's my molar? top yeah my molar yes it's uh yeah <laughs> i mean anyone that's ever had a toothache. And you just want to punch yourself in the face, and hopefully the tooth falls out, but that's not realistic. So
1: I've get the worst luck with like teeth are the one thing in my life I had no control over. My family had bad teeth. So. Yep, same yeah, here. I've got, Im- I've got implants all over my face, man. Oh wow, like, uh, a couple of molars. Yep, yeah. even a front tooth. We had a nerve die, and they had to put an implant up there. So yeah. oh mercy! I mean, at least you're alive in this day and age, where this kind of stuff could just be so easily fixed and replaced.
0: You know, with the right insurance yeah for sure so thanks for uh, coming on with me today brother i'm i'm excited to hear your journey because i've heard you know bits and pieces about your musical background but i've never gotten to just sit and really hear you know your your musical journey so i'd love to hear you know where you started and how you got into music and you know where it took you and so i'm gonna shut up and let you uh let you share your story
1: oh my god uh, yeah, well, I guess the older you get, the more involved that that subject is. Um, why don't you steer me with one good question? I think you asked somebody what got you started one time. Yeah. Uh, why don't I hop on that bandwagon? What got me started? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What got you started, uh, man? I got,
1: yeah, I had a big brother that uh one of those guys that you can just do anything. You know, he'd play piano, then he'd play drums, he's a great artist. Uh, and I just wanted to be like him. So I started off doing all that art, piano and drums. Um, played on his drum set for the first time. So I just kinda idolized him, but he disappeared really fast okay into the ethos out there. And you know, that that could have gone the way of any other impression anyone's had on me. It could have just evaporated. Sure. But man, it
0: (laughs) It did the opposite music
1: and art. Yeah, music and art became my identity. I literally identified by it. And to this day, I do. Uh, to, to a fault. If I lost the ability to do art or music, I don't know who I'd be. Wow. I mean, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Like I, I, get it. But I am like a creative. You know? Sure. I'm a musician, yeah. I'm a musician. I'm an entertainer. Yeah. At man. the core. Yeah. So I started with Stacy, my brother. Um, I don't even know where. So I'm like, geez, you know, I'm turning fifty-eight soon.
0: Oh, wow, you wow, You look good for 58, brother. Like, not, not blowing smoke, man, for real.
1: I know. I, I mean, no, I, I know that's true. I'm uh, really <laughs> young at heart. Uh, I get that a lot. I, I I actually, when I started Mannequin, I, I, I think I could pass for like 30-something, like early 30s. And I just, what I call, aged off the stage because Dana and I built a really young product, and now there's a bunch of products. And I wanted to start a production company. So I got, I actually got self-conscious in a young, energetic, like hip hop private event band. I actually got self-conscious thinking, this is not what I would want to put in the in the product. So i actually, I stepped off stage and we're building something for me down the line. That'll be, you know, more appropriate and I'll have, I'll have fun doing, wow. but yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm young at heart. I, I act younger than I look. Uh, my wife <laughs> likes to say that she married Peter Pan.
0: Oh, boy. Um,
1: which, which makes sense, dude, because I got a pirate ship in my backyard. I have a pirate ship treehouse. That's awesome. And I'm not, it's not like uh, Twigs. I mean, I used to own a children's television show, and when we build sets, we build sets. Yes. And this thing is a pirate ship, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it's in my backyard.
0: Wow. All right, so you said yeah. you started on the drums. What uh, what age were you when you when you really like picked up sticks and you sat down on the kit and was like, I'm gonna learn, you know, beats and rhythms and stuff. Like what age group were you in?
1: So that's that's the worst part. Like I, I kinda had to die inside for a while. Stacy split and he sold his drums and I was I think six. Oh wow. And that's when the divorce happened and my mom just went into poverty. Uh, we, oh, we didn't even right. have welfare. We lived off of what's called church welfare. Sure. Which is grains and hand-me-down clothes and grains and stuff like that. Um, so I couldn't get a drum set. And she also kind of developed this this whole world of uh, religious oppression. It was a really strange thing. She, she was lost at that time. But I was able to talk her into letting my dad, who was kind of absent, buy me a drum set in 10th grade. Wow! So it was until tenth grade that I finally got to sit down behind a drum. So I joined the high school band. They put me on bass drum. Uh huh. You know, smallest yeah. guy in the high school. Right. To to that drum on me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. <laughs> Not laughing at you. Just like, I can picture it, though. Yeah. Dude, it was comical. I I mean I'm, I'm tiny, you know, compared to you know everyone in my school. I was the shortest guy, and so I paid my dues that year. And it paid off because the very next year I was put on the drum line. I was, At the time, they didn't have quads, so I played tritoms, and they made me band president and I, I just excelled. Yeah. As soon as I plugged into music, I woke up. My, my whole life started to make sense. Um, art was still a big part of it because art's free. It's a pencil and paper. I've become a pretty good artist. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I sat down behind a drum set and it just happened. I wow. started a band. I played with whatever musical was going on in the school. Um, she just couldn't get me out the drums. Yeah, I I had to throw towels on them, so that I played with towels on all my drums. Right, right. So that, I, yeah, because she did want to hear that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, any anyway, of can relate to that, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's when I sat down behind it, and drum line meant the world to me. You know, we did all the competitions, and that was real exciting for me uh
0: yeah and this is all through, oh, so, so all through high school pretty well, much you're you're playing band um basically in band and you're learning the the uh the art form of really the art form of drums and uh it sounds like you were really just embracing that aspect of of uh percussion And really learning how to uh, create it yourself. Because, you know, I've sat with different artists, guitarists, bassists, drummers. And one thing that I've learned over the years of talking with them and learning their journey is that, you know, you can imitate somebody, right? So if you're a drummer and you're imitating a certain drummer and you take licks from them and, and styles from them. However, after a time, I think, you know, as artists, we start to create our own uniqueness in that field, so it sounds like you were starting to do that in high school Where you were, like you were learning the, 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 the staples But then you were starting to create your own uniqueness As who Alan is, basically
1: Dude, uh, that's when it gets interesting When I jumped on drumline, we took state right away I put together a show So it was like stick tricks before that really caught on Wow! And I brought that into rock and roll that's how, When I landed in Colorado, I was actually, I think, 24 maybe um because i hit the road right my dad died when i was young i hit the road uh landed here in colorado some group hired me and i would sit down in the basement and just just work on unique throws and spins and to this day i've got a couple that i've just never seen anyone do
0: nice and it
1: became my identity people started rolling stone came out I did an article on me called The Circus of Drums. Wow. Because at the time I had a keyboard in my, you know, big cage. Uh-huh, yeah. 80s, 80s 90s. Uh, really. I had a big cage and I had a keyboard in it and I was the keyboard player and the drummer. And I got to sing Multiple. a lot of backups. Nice. So I looked really busy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was. And of course the music suffered greatly, but people didn't care because it looked so fun. <laughs> um, and, and the show and the show was good. <laughs> yeah. I've always been an entertainer before I've been a perfectionist. Like I'm like throw that shit at the fan man it just make it happen see what it see what it does I never waited I never let perfectionism get in the way of progress or adventure. I just went for it and if I, if I was meant to do it I'd get really good. I put the time in but if I wasn't meant to do it I, I'd find out quick yeah.
0: yeah man <laughs> so you said you landed in Colorado so where are you from originally?
1: Uh, I'm born and raised in Dallas area. Alabama,
0: Texas, Texas boy, nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow. And my business partner Dana is also from Dallas. It's funny that we both had to move up here to meet. Right. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you come yeah, to Colorado and in twenty? You're twenty-four. You're fifty-eight. So, you're you're twenty-four, man. So you're like you're getting into it. Like, what? Uh. What? Well, what brought you to Colorado? What? What? Uh, what got you up I, here?
1: So I was. When my dad died, I kind of went into uh, reaction mode. Um, There's a lot of death in my life. And uh, and, uh, every time something happens, something, uh, it's like a catapult. I can't explain it any other way. I get pulled way down and then released. And it's like somebody just releases the plunger on a pinball machine. I'm just off. I, I, I bottom out, and then I just go up. So the first one was when my dad died, and I hit the road. I auditioned for some band in Austin that needed a keyboard player. Okay, and they were they they toured all over, probably the Midwest, doing bars. Okay, so I got that gig. It got me through Colorado, and an original rock band of all things saw me and hired me to play keys and sing backups. Okay, not not knowing I drummed, and I really was not that good of a drummer at that (laughs) point. Uh, So they hired me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, but I really want to get to drums sometime. So they fired their drummer and bought me a kit. Oh, boy. I I, I had nothing when I came here. I had a trash bag full of clothes when I landed in Colorado. Wow. That was it. A a black, hefty trash bag full of my my belongings. Oh, mercy. (laughs) So they bought me the kit. I camped out down there and worked on those tricks. And uh, two weeks later, when we go out, we're opening for Satriani, and and my adventure started.
0: Wow. Joe Satriani, yeah. man. That's a legend. Wow.
1: Dude, I've met so many cool people. I, I mean, that's the best part of this. The yeah. best part of it. like, And especially as you age, because they kind of, they wane in popularity, so sure. they're more accessible and you can get to them. Yes. And, and you have a better chance of meeting, you know, for the most part, the meet your idols thing has worked out good for me. I've only met a couple of people that I really just like wow you're a dick you know for all all the wonderful things you are right you know you're also a dick yep been Uh, there most people have been just wonderful yes gracious and cool maybe i just like good music i don't know no that's good
0: uh fun quick story i'll I'll share with you um since we're talking about drumming and drummers um i did security for a band called the hollywood all-stars back in 2005 and I did not know at the time who they were or what, like the members, like any of the members. And so when I was in the green room and I was standing there, uh, a friend of mine who was opening for them that night comes up to me and says, Hey, do you know who that guy is over there? And I pointed at this guy sitting there and he had a bucket in front of him and he was playing rudiments. He was doing his paradiddles and he was warming up. And I said, no, I don't know. He says, that's Carmine Pichae. And I was like, who? No. He's like, dude, that's Carmine Pichet. You toured with Ozzy and, and Ronnie James Dio. And I was like, really? He says, yeah. So I walked over to him and I was like, hey, man, you tour with Ozzy? And he's just in the middle of his paradiddles and he looks up at me as and doesn't stop a beat and real casually smiles at me and says, yeah. And I was like, and Dio? He's like, yeah. I was like, what was that like? He was like... It was my life, bro, and I was just like – and he was super cool, man. So I, I feel you when you say – I've, I've met artists too where you think they're going to be super cool and you walk up to them and you say hi to them and they just look at you like you farted in front of them or something, you know, like you just yeah. create some, you know, uncomfortable environment for them. And it's like, oh, I thought you were actually going to be fun to talk to and actually you didn't. So, But he was super cool. He was really down to earth. So uh, so where did it take you from there?
1: Well, I, I saw this local – Uh, this small band. Okay, the band I was in did originals, but then they also did covers and there were two really big bands in town and and we were always battled over the record for attendance. And so I was I landed pretty high in Colorado. I landed on a really good band. So I rode that um, until I saw this, this small, brand new young act. And I, I looked at my girlfriend at the time and I said, man, that's where I'm meant to be. These guys don't know how to write a song, and so I joined them, and they were called Dollar. Okay. And so I joined them, and like a couple of months after I joined them, we got on Star Search. Whoa! And that opened the door to yeah, that opened the door to Paramount Pictures and a publishing contract. Wow! And that was amazing. Now we're recording with uh, Jeff Workman, of course, who did he, he worked with Queen, Journey, yeah. Motley Crue. Um, we, we we actually hired Thirty Eight Specials uh producer to come out and do our demo Uh, we were just living high and sony picked us up and so we were this all just happened so fast man and so we were we were all like oh my god it's happening our dreams are coming true yep yep then the guy that signed us to sony left oh no it is a legal soup and so everything on his desk just got swept into the trash can which of course nullified our distribution and put us back to ground zero, which is like, it, it, it's like being flushed. You know, you just, you just down the toilet. So the Paramount Publishing expired. Oh no. Uh, without distribution ever happening because Sony fell through. So now we're all drinking and drugging and self-medicating and trying to figure out who we are. So we flipped that into, we were like, okay, well, you know what, we've got this edge. Let's lean into it. Let's rename ourselves. And keep our passion alive And we did So we called ourselves The Dark And The Dark got signed by MGD right away So we were able to get sponsored And, and open up for amazing people And, and do that stuff right. So fortunately I met my wife uh, Right then
0: Awesome. And
1: that's what saved my life I met her Fell in love At first kind of fixed myself up So that I wouldn't lose her And then I just fell in love with fixing myself up and that's been the last 30 years. You know, I've been with the same woman married almost 25 together to 30. Wow. And I've just been working on myself this whole time, education, fitness, running, nutrition, family. Um, and we've survived some in- insane stuff, man. Stuff that, you know, when you read books about people who survive stuff, um, it's the dark wow. stuff. It's the, the worst. And we've been there. And, uh, I don't know, because I knew who I was, because I had an identity that was spread around. Somebody drew it up to me one time like this. They said, imagine you're just a a pole and you've got a thread pulling on you off to the side. And there's a, a thread on the other side that kind of balances it. Well, if someone really yanks on that one thread, you're gonna topple. Right. So the idea is to have as many connections, threads, as you can in the different areas of your life so that when one of them snaps, or pulls too hard the other ones are there to hold you upright does that make sense absolutely I I the yeah visual I've ever heard
0: that's great yeah. that's a great visual man yeah, yeah I like that that's uh And you know it's interesting you say too that you went from one uh project to another and the identity of the project was it sounds like the identity was almost like how you became the dark like that was just your identity so you were almost you were living you know out your identity through your music and you know it's funny you say when when like success can happen right and then you put all of your you know your dreams and your hopes and everything into one thing and then it falls apart on you and you're like wait a minute this was supposed to be you know this is supposed to be the rest of my life this is supposed to happen you know for me and it's supposed to be easy street and then reality kind of slaps you in the face and says, well, you know, this guy left, you know, he took his publishing deal with him. He took the, you know, the deal with him. And now we're, we're kind of scrambling. But what, what, what I really enjoy so far hearing this is that, you know, because I, I know you way post that. So, you know, here you are, you know, so it sounds like you were touring. Were you living like here in Colorado while you guys were doing that? Or did you move from here to somewhere else when you were part of those bands?
1: 2005, I met this guy that wanted uh, like music. He heard I like, could songwrite and okay. wanted music for an idea he had for a show. So I presented that, and then he he was like, "Wow, you, you know, after talking with you, do you want to kind of take the reins on this and come up with some ideas?" So I did. Um, so me and a buddy made the puppets because that's surprisingly easy to do, <laughs> and it's it was a live action animation with with puppetry. So it was like kind of. There were real kids involved, but it was all CG'd, right? And then wow. the walker belt puppets and stuff it was called Cabby's Tree, and it was just about this magic treehouse. Um, oh, wow! I think for treehouses. yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So they would go up an elevator in a tree, and okay, that's where they would learn all their life lessons from Cabby, then they'd go back down into the school, into the play yard, and, and exercise those lessons. Nice, so it got picked up by Discovery Kids, uh, or actually. That one got picked up in New York at a convention, and we were working on what to do with it when another idea I had got grabbed by Discovery Kids. That was called Dot Seven. That was the one that went into production. And so, our financial partner, Clarence King in uh, Louisiana or Georgia, uh, he's a mineral rights owner, and he passed away. And so, everything we had, we had put everything mortgage to the house, to put everything into this all of it was seized in probate and we got so we had nothing oh, we mercy. literally had nothing and everything got reposed the house cars we had nothing Wow. because <laughs> we were we were house shopping for houses that dream houses right right we were, we were in a different mental place uh we were not prepared so that's what that show was and the show .dot seven was a lot more involved and a lot more grown up it was for it was for preteens oh, wow um, you know i had kids i was always speaking to what i was going through just like with valor in the dark very insightful of you we were writing the music of our experiences some of the best music is that way yeah and living living the music right and i was living i was doing the same thing i'm like well here's where my life's at so let's do kids shows right Get kids <laughs> yeah
0: and that's crazy because you're like you said you know the seasons of our life i think they reflect when when you're especially as an artist so when you say that you know the season that you were in your life you're creating tv shows for kids um that i mean i i just picture that as something that you know you look back on and go man i I, it was a fun time but it was also like you said you lost everything and and now you're like what are we supposed to do and it just it it fascinates me man because again wow. knowing you now for 5 or 6 years and seeing what you've gotten to do and like I said I do want to get to the mannequin because uh, you know I again seeing what you've taken that band even from 6 years ago to what you guys are doing now like so you know the the, the TV thing that lasted how long how long did that actually last for you guys
1: uh, that was that was a really fast like three-year ride okay um when Ben Clarence died and I'll tell you what man you 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 kind of bring up a point that I, I want to sit on for a second and that is you know when that fell through I kept going and it's really easy to say okay so that happened and you kept going if if you're the kind of person that's looking for a way out like in music as a career you'll find it right I mean they're everywhere they're, sure everywhere is a legitimate excuse for you to give up, you've got to want it more than you want to feel safe. You've got to, You've got to be in love with the risk, in love with the challenge, in love with the adventure, more than you are in love with safety. Because safety is is comforting, but it packs the regrets on your back so heavy. Wow. And I mentioned before how many people I see die, uh, my family and and friends, and I've learned from that. Like, like every time I lose someone, it's a it's a lesson in regret like yeah. I, I, and it's so sad to say they've all had them and my I, my goal i probably will too my goal is not to right i mean I, right. I, I, what more can we shoot for than that
0: yeah wow so three year uh season of tv shows so we're we're pushing like 2010 yeah. 2011 did you oh, did yeah, you go ahead
1: we're right about two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. Um, and at two thousand and, and eight, my brother died.
0: Oh when wow! My brother
1: died. Stacy, the one that influenced me, right? Cancer died. It not up very slowly, and I was able to learn more about regret than anything ever taught me. That was the biggest drop my heart had ever felt, and so I went down into that slingshot thing, and then just blew up, and I came back with a plan. I, need, I needed to know SEO because I wanted to market my own company. I needed to learn coding. I needed to learn how to perform out from behind the drums. So I started this plan, and it took five years to, to really flush it out and make it real. And then after that, five years of just research and working in code and playing covers, uh, really just writing songs mostly yeah. for that that vent um i've surfaced with the mannequin plan okay and i had this there was this original group playing uh casinos and some bars and they but they wanted the big money gigs and i said i know how to get it nice and here's what we do we have to hire some females and we're gonna need to be more business about this and stop splitting it evenly and do some investing and they all said nah that takes 50 bucks out of my pocket not interested. Wow. Now, I'm never going to say who they were. Sure. But my wife and I were both like, I mean, my wife gets it. She knows me and she gets it. And she's like, that's so short-sighted. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, right? They were. It was about the next gig and the next check. And I had this big arcing. I told them it was a five-year plan. So they broke up. I started a little uh, solo project because I needed to learn how to sing and be a front man. Okay. So I went out solo, did some looping. I got fired from every gig but two. But I'd come home so excited to my wife, I'm like, babe, you're never gonna believe what I figured out. And I was learning how to connect with people, uh, what songs I could get away with, how much to talk, how much not to talk. And what I ended up finding was my, authentic- my authenticity. Like what I'm actually like is okay. So I just started being me. Nice. And every time I would get fired, I would realize I'm not being me. I'm trying these things and they don't fit, you know? Right, I need to right. Be me. And then I need to find my market. I don't need to find the market and then fit into it. Right. First I find myself, then I find the demographic. So then I ran an ad. And this is the funny part. And we're at Mannequin now. Is that okay?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great.
1: Okay. So it's 2012, 2013. And I'm like, okay, how do I get the word out? So I wrote this. Skating at it's like two pages long oh boy it's just like i will not tolerate <laughs> disrespect or yeah. impro- you know abuse and abuse on the job and on all these things you know you will be prepared i want the top level people and i got a lot of responses like uh, like oh my god you're full of yourself i even oh, saved wow. one from one guy and I reach out to him every two years, and I send him <laughs> a link to the website, yeah. a little update on what we're doing. You're like, here, he yeah, yeah, full of myself. Here you it go, buddy. The, it was the nastiest one, and I, I write him, and I'm like, you, you'll you never know how much you motivated me, Yeah, you know, by your comment. And this is what I've been able to do with, with that energy. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. And I, I try to be nice, but it's really sure. a poke. I'm, I'm at him.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, let's so, be honest. though. when you when you when you have a, a vision and you put your vision into action, right? A lot of times people that don't have that vision are, are, are not visionaries. They'll either they'll either condemn you or they'll cut you down because either they didn't come up with it themselves because, you know, they don't have the vision or they're like, oh, well, I should do that. I can do that. Why can't I do that? Why do you get to? And it's like you know, so I feel you, man. So <laughs> poking yeah. at him. All right. What so we you don't
1: understand, and we all don't like what we don't understand. And sure. I, I, it never even bothered me, but I had to run this ad. Now I'll tell you, this is this is the part everybody, you and everybody else, can understand. When you really can articulate your dream, when you can really nail it down and, and say what you want, if you verbalize that and put it out into the world. That's the biggest risk of all. Wow. Because now if it doesn't work, you're accountable to everyone and they know you couldn't do it. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so that's one of the reasons people don't take their song live or don't send in their submissions. They're, they don't want that confirmation that they're not meant to have the dream. It's actually easier to live without the dream, but the possibility of it than it is to live knowing you weren't meant to have it.
0: Right. Wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, and that's insightful too because like you say so many people will will create whether it's music or art or whatever they're creating and they won't allow anyone to either view it or listen to it because of fear of rejection so they just sit there with that idea hey I could be famous hey I could be successful well what are you doing about it um well you know I'm gonna release something here soon but they never do like you it's said because not, it's
1: just not done yet right yeah that's where I say perfection is just another way to spell procrastination you're just putting it off and you're not necessarily it is for fear of rejection but it's also you're protecting a dream like you oh like you protect your child and don't let them out into the world quite as much as you should you don't yeah. loosen the reins enough that they can learn their lessons right it's very very understandable that someone would protect their baby sure you know their dream
0: absolutely i know i've done that at times so,
1: the, so. yeah yeah same here and I'm, <laughs> i've got. Uh, there's another whole parallel story of my life that just describes the sabotage <laughs> that I put, that I pulled on myself. But for right now, I'm in this moment. I got this ad, and I'm, I told my wife, "I'm like I'm just freaking out. I've never been this honest with the world. I've never been this outspoken and honest. So I'm going to run it on Craigslist first because it's a safe space. It's a real low profile. Um, you know, it'll just it'll just give me the confidence to go to more professional. Um, platforms. Right. So I ran the ad, and I get this response from Dallas, and this lady's like, "Oh my God, <laughs> the the heavens parted when I read this ad. I feel the same way. I'm so over it. This is uh, this just really speaks to me." So she flew up here with her new husband, sang with me. Of course, he came in too because Craigslist. Right. right. <laughs> so he's in the house, and we're singing together, and we hit it off. And she leaves. And my wife comes home, and she's like, "How was your first audition?" And the last thing she said before she left the house was, "Please don't hire the first person you meet." <laughs> I said, "Well, I hired this lady, oh. and not only did I hire her, I think she's very important to me." So it was Dana. my right. First response, my first
0: wow. audition,
1: and now she's my business partner yes. in life. We we own several companies, and we everything that we do is is you know, we're kind of at the hip true work wife and work husband type type of thing we're more of a brother sister nice. sister i never had yeah and so that was just so serendipitous and crazy and then then the fights all started i mean you you've got to fight so hard to start a company in this world yes and to make it over the hump and along the way you've got to convince people through passion alone because you have no money that it's going to work. Stick it out with me. Take the lower pay. Because in a couple of years, it'll be bigger pay. Unfortunately, no one that we hired stayed with us past, past I'd say, year three or four. And that's a real shame. Yeah. Because the musicians in our company now enjoy very, very respectable pay. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, we actually are the primary employer for several people. And that's the best feeling of all.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. And so you, you and Dana, you guys take this, this dream of yours, this vision of yours, and you, you grew it into what it is today. And what, So when I, when I came on board in 2018, I was working for a sound company that you guys were using here in Denver. And uh, I remember yeah, yeah. the sound company, the owner of that company, him and I sat down and he said, you know, I'm, I'm doing these, these uh, wedding venue gigs for this band here in Denver called Mannequin. And initially, I'm thinking uh, well, there's a, there's a band from the UK. I can't think of its name right now, but they um, they're, it's very like pop art like style, and they're uh, they're very about shock value. So my expectation when he first initially told me about you guys was like a shock value style of band, right? And so I I remember sitting with him, going, okay what what styles of music do these guys play and he's like, Oh, you know, all the top, you know, hits and they do a lot of covers for, you know, from like recent, but they also do some, you know, classics. So I was still had this vision of, you know, like this very eccentric style of of, you know, you guys come out and <laughs> you know, there's all this weirdness. But when I when I got to work with you guys in June of eighteen, um in Boulder, you you know, you came in and the, the professional level that you guys brought was I mean I've worked with a lot of bands. I've worked with a lot of sound guys. I've worked with a lot of musicians, but you guys brought this level of of professionalism that I'm just I'm over here going, "Man, can I even, you know, can I even compete with this?" is what I'm doing the sound guy. And you guys came in and just absolutely put on a, like an A plus stellar performance. It was amazing. And I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm just being honest, man. Like it was like I said, I've seen a lot of live bands and you guys, you know, from your performance to the way you guys got prepared, it was awesome, man. And and I see how, you know, that preparation, like you said, what was it? Five years that it took you to put the, uh, the plan in action. And then you actually went out and executed it.
1: Yeah. 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 It, that, it, it did take that long. Let me, let me clarify a couple things real quick. One, sure. Um, thank you. That, that's yeah. so great to hear. Yeah. And since then we've, We've done things that I'm very excited to tell you about that you don't know. Sure. And this uh, this whole, um, you mentioned at one point, you took your vision. I just want to clarify. Sure, sure. I did have a vision. Yeah. A really strong vision. As soon as I met Dana and we started talking, it started to kind of morph. Um, I, I realized, I realized you can't be so strict of a visionary that you exclude anything outside of your vision because no one's going to fit it perfect and you're going to lose people. Right. So I, I looked at her, she explained to me what she wanted and I said, okay, well, cool. Here are my values and here are the things that I want the most. As long as those things aren't interfered with and that, that was quality of life, happiness. It was really, you know, it, it wasn't about song list. Sure. It was about life. Sure. And I said, as long as these things aren't interfered with and I'm entertaining and I'm building my plan, which was to have a production company and all these other things, then good. Let's let's hear your stuff. So she stepped in and really brought the vision. I mean like to a level. Jeez. So I if I've ever done anything I would put in writing that was wise. It would be this. Well, first, I've met my wife and fought for her. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, very <laughs> second, good. That's second, good.
1: Would be that I allowed her to bring that vision in and, and and made room for it because it turns out, very nice. She's just one of those rare, rare people that can kind of can do everything, but is focused enough to to stay in her lane and conquer it. And and her vision for what we could be is what we are now. Wow. Uh, the vision I sustained and kept alive was the culture. And we are a culture-based company. And I'll describe it forever the same way. I built a culture, and from that grew a band. I did not want a band that wasn't like family. Because remember, I'm about Valor in the Dark. And his right. family, right? Yeah. So they, they have to feel safe. We have to love each other's company. They have to be good people. You know, not just good musicians and professionals, but good people the right thing. Yeah. So I kind of steered the culture and she steered the, uh, I guess the growth, you know, cause we, yeah. we broke from one band into two, then into three. And then we became our own production company in last year, 2022. 20, we became our own production company. And now in 23, uh, it, it, it has exploded into this whole new exciting direction. Um, and that's where we're at now.
0: Really? So you're not that's just doing late, you're not just doing <laughs> yeah. the wedding gigs anymore. Like you've expanded outside of that kind of that arena. Like, what do you? So what is what is Mannequin or well, what is the production company up to now?
1: So we were always about being a party band. Sure. Like now it turns out that the best paycheck in, in for party bands in Colorado I do weddings. Uh, it's real consistent work people love to get married here they come from all over the world and if you're a really good party band you can get some really good bookings Yeah. but there's also the corporate stuff uh, <laughs> side story <laughs> sure. we were at one of uh, our rehearsals early on before we ever had a gig I invited a buddy to audition and during the audition he said uh, do this right." he's like so what clubs are we going to start in and I said we're never going to play clubs Oh. And he laughed in, in front of my my new band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He laughed. He's like he's like, Junior, you know better than anybody, you gotta do fifty shit gigs before you get your first wedding. <laughs> and I said, No, you gotta do fifty shit gigs. I'm not going to and I thought <laughs> so he left. <laughs> my buddy and we're still buddies I guess, but like that was I just I'm like, No, you're getting in the way of that that's what I don't want. You know, I've I've tried all those things before. I know that what I do in the past didn't work. So why do repeat it? I got it. my my logic was if I'm comfortable doing it, it's probably wrong because I don't need to be repeating my mistakes. I need to be discovering
0: the right thing to do. Right. So right. So no
1: room for that. I, I'm, I sidestepped from where I was at. What was that about?
0: You were talking yeah. about how oh, yeah. um, when you what first started mannequin, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I started off weddings, and we've always been pulled into corporate and stuff like that. Private events, uh, like like a birthday party, yeah. you know, like private though. Sure. And to this day, we've never had a club gig. Nice. And we're, we're a thousand bookings in. Yeah. Um, we've still never played a club. That's awesome <laughs> so though. just for all you, everyone out there who thinks there might be one path they have to follow. Nah, you can make it your own. It's it's cool. You can figure something else out. <laughs> right. It, it'll work. It, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So we, we did focus on weddings and then uh, last year, an international agency called Alon Artists. Uh, We got on the radar, and we got on the radar, and then, like, within a day or two, we got a call from the owner, and his name is Joshua. Okay. I mean, he's amazing. And he was in Golden. He's like, do you guys want to go to lunch? So (laughs) we went to lunch with him, and we basically laid out the future. Um, And it just kind of unfolded. So he invited me out to Florida two days later to see Alan in action. And it's it's like for everything I was proud of, is I couldn't even wrap my head around how good they were. Sure. And how well it was done and the level that it was at. And it's so much more than the band. It's it's the atmosphere and the, it's just amazing. Yeah. Sweet.
0: So I have two questions that I always ask artists that I that I interview. And so I we are at that point where I am wanting to know First question is, what is the biggest um, group or biggest audience that you've gotten to perform in front of in all the years that you've done music?
1: Uh, Well, Star Church was 22 million people, but they weren't live. (laughs) Okay. During the the second week we were on, had grown and 22 million. The biggest live audience was before they took down Reunion Arena and replaced it with Ball Arena.
0: Yep. I'm, um, yep, it
1: was the main concert venue.
0: Yeah, right.
1: and for all the acts that we opened up with, um, like one
0: was sold out at reunion, and so that's—I think it was eighteen thousand. Okay, whatever that sells out at. Okay, and, and it's not the
1: fact that that the show was sold out. The the thing that happened that night was that between songs, all the lighters started to come on. Right, this is pre-cell phone, so we just we just stopped. We just froze
0: and took that in. Yeah. Just
1: breathed it in. Okay. Thousands of lighters just being held up for the local band. Sure. You know? That's, oh, my God. That's impressive, and I, man. And I think I think that show might have been Rat or... I, I don't I, One of the 80s bands. One of the 80s metal hair bands. Okay. Know, somebody like
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, and I always tell people, too, like, you know, when you perform for one person or you get to perform for, you know, 22 million... To me, and the re- and the reason I ask this question is simply because it's like, w- at what point do you realize when you're looking out at the audience, when it's a live audience and you get to see the faces looking back at you, at what point do you say, man, I have... The attention of X amount of people, and that's the reason I ask. Is like, you know, some people have said four thousand, some people have said, like you said, you know, up up in the the hundred thousand, and you've got the attention of the audience, and so you can really just pour into them whatever you're doing at that moment. So that to me, that's why I always like to ask that question because standing on a stage, man, in front of twenty thousand people, bro, man, that's nothing to shake a stick at, man. That's you know, that's impressive, no, that yeah, man. That's great. Okay. Oh,
1: well, I think the more people there are, the easier it gets. Sure. Just you know, having said that.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah because if you have four people in the audience, man, and you know you look at that one person and you hit a wrong note or you know whatever, yeah, you, yeah. you get the My response. Shop is a ten times more challenging gig. Yes. It really is. It's I, more intimate and way more nerve wracking for me. I agree. No, I completely agree, brother. So. What would you say of all the venues and all the years that you've gotten to do and play? What would you say is your most favorite venue?
1: Oh. Um. Wow. Uh, I'd have to prepare for that. I mean, okay. What's really funny to me is what jumps out at me is the last ten years. Okay. Uh, the touring and then the then the shows. Uh, Minneapolis, New York. L.A. Yeah, Uh, I I mean, all these venues were cool, and a lot of them were famous, but kind of grimy when you got into them. Yeah, Um, I I think of uh, I think of recent interactions I've had with people, and it might be the Boulder Theater. Wow! uh, Just because the way it was laid out, and the way the last time we were there, the the crowd and just the the attention, the I I don't want to say adoration, but they were music fans, so they watched. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. They just party and dance at our private house. And and so they adored the music. And we we're like, Well, that's well that's us. So the connection was more authentic. And let's be honest. I mean, we all do this to connect. Some people have a message, it's lyrical, it's sentimental. Other people just want to infuse energy or or some emotion. Yeah. But like it's a connection that we're right. after. Yes. And I felt most connected on those gigs, the smaller gigs, less than three or four hundred people. Um, that's where I feel connected the most.
0: Nice, yeah. Oh,
1: Whitewater Film Festival. There it is. Whitewater. F- okay. Four thousand people, and and I've never felt that loved.
0: Nice. I, I,
1: I, I high fived for ten minutes. Yeah. It was, it was the coolest experience. Just it was just wonderful.
0: That's Didn't sign awesome. an
1: autograph because no one knows who I am. I don't sure. don't care. But they were. Excited. But still,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. that connection, bro, and that that's important because you know you might yeah. you might and this is why I've always wanted to do music personally, was that you might not know it, but something that you said or did while you were on stage could impact someone's life going forward, and you may never know that you did. But, you know, that opportunity and that platform that you're on where you get to do that, I mean, that to me, that's part of the reason why I've always continued to push forward in music, because the opportunity to maybe possibly... You know, perform a song or perform a show, and someone says, "Hey, man, that really impacted me a good way." It's like, you know, not taking credit for it, but just simply saying that's awesome, knowing that that could have been something that you know happened. So,
1: you know, it's, I'm glad you have a podcast and you're saying things like this because wasted opportunities like that. We we had one show at where an autistic boy was side stage and and just dancing. But I, I I have an autistic child on the spectrum. I I know. Sure. And so I. Kind of gave him my attention and kind of pulled him onto the floor wow cheering dancing mom and dad were just in tears right right because my like i had a radar up and and entertainers do the the storytellers and the people on the front line often do they've got their radar up and they're looking for that person that needs their message right right and that, that that's that had very little to do with me other than the fact that i noticed it sure um, but yeah, I mean, you're saying the right stuff, dude, like that's, well,
0: thank that's you. that's precious. People yeah. should
1: not take their position for granted, no matter what the size of the venue is or what their career looks like at the moment.
0: I agree. Alan, thank you for coming on and sharing your, your journey, man. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, yeah, man, just seeing what 2023 and, and moving forward does and how it grows you guys. So
1: thanks TK. Appreciate you, buddy.
0: Yeah, man. You have a wonderful day, brother. And we'll talk again soon, man.
1: Sounds
0: great. All right, brother. Later, man. Another successful musical journey with my man, Alan. You know, he said some very valuable things in this uh, episode that I really take to heart and, um, you know, really just honor his opportunities and um, his struggles, his ups and downs really just hit home with me a lot. Uh, So, again, thank you, Alan, for that. That was awesome. And for those that want to know more about Alan, check out mannequinentertainment.com. Anyone that would like to learn more about Ilan Artist, go to ElanArtist.com. You've been listening to TK's A-Brigade. You can find the podcast on every major platform, Anchor, Amazon, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as YouTube. Please like and subscribe, share with a friend, leave a comment or a question on any of those platforms. I would love your feedback. As well as anyone that's interested in coming on to the podcast and having a conversation on pretty much any topic, I am game. Also, hit that support button. Help bring more relevant content to the platform. I would love your support and I would uh, love your feedback. So, until next time.